gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then, well then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's a Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 68, the review segment for Friday, April 24th, 2015. Today I've gone rogue. I've hijacked the podcast just for myself with two special guests and no one else from the regular podcast. We have Kate Urbland. Hello. Who can be found many places on the internet. <laughs> That's uh, true. And then also Richard Lawson. Hi. Who can be found with me at VanityFair.com and on Twitter. I mean, you're both on Twitter. We'll get to that later. You guys are <laughs> very available on the internet. And if you're like me, you've been tweeting nonstop about Age of Adeline for weeks now, because it's the biggest <laughs> movie of the spring by far. Um, it's the movie in which Blake Lively is immortal. It's uh, not based on a book, which I really thought it would have been based on the completely nutty premise. Um, and Richard, you and I saw this together and have kind, kind of discussed the extent to which we were kind of pleasantly surprised by it. But Kate, I have not talked to you, so I kind of wanted to start with you first. Uh, Blake Lively, Immortal Romance, uh, how did that work out for you? I was also pleasantly surprised by the film. Um, I think I, I kind of went in with maybe higher expectations than other people because the film was originally supposed to star Katherine Heigl. That's true. So I knew already there was probably going to be some improvement, <laughs> but I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And, you know, it's a bonkers premise, but... It really sells it, and it has, like, such a lovely tone, and there's, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel were engineered about this film to make me cry. And like, well, Although you are an easy cry, to be fair. I am an easy cry, but, like, <laughs> these were, like, specific things, like Ellen Burstyn calling her mama is just like, oh, nope, <laughs> waterworks. Um, Richard, that kind of pleasantly surprised, that's about where you and I stood after the movie and we were talking about it when we saw it on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had been joking about the movie for so long that I sort of didn't even know anymore what I thought the movie was going to be like. Like, I couldn't tell if I thought it was going to be bad or, you know, like in a funny way or what. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. And I think, like, what Kate said about tone is exactly right. Like, it just, it it's it works, despite <laughs> many reasons why it shouldn't work. Um I don't know if you guys saw Clouds of Sils Maria, but there, I, I guess that movie was partly sponsored or funded, or, uh, financed by Chanel. Um, oh, yeah. And it has this really luxe look to it. And I feel like this movie was like financed by or sponsored by Blake Lively because it's just <laughs> such a wonderful ad for her uh, in a way that didn't really bother me. I mean, it was, I, I, I bought it. And Richard, you watch enough Gossip Girl to kind of have a really strong opinion on Blake Lively, which I didn't really. Like, I have always kind of felt kind of neutral about her. Like, did she exceed what you thought she had in her in any way? Or was this just like, oh, you're a beautiful Blake Lively, and I'm just going to watch a movie about you for that? I mean, I think on Gossip Girl, she, the character that she played was so much more interesting in the books. I mean, that was kind of true of every character on that show. Yeah. But, but her in particular, and she's, you know, she's, she's very pretty. She wears clothes beautifully. Acting-wise, she's not, you know, a powerhouse. And compared to Leighton Meester, she really was, you know, kind of paled in comparison and kind of became a boring character pretty quickly. But um, I was pretty surprised in Adeline how she holds the movie, you know. Um, it doesn't help, I mean, it doesn't hurt, rather, that it's really just this wonderful fashion show for two hours. But, yeah. Um, well, but no, I thought I was surprised that she could she could be a lead. Yeah. 
Well, and they kind of do this thing with her where they just basically surrounded her with really talented people. And I don't know when she became such a big movie star that she just got to have like movies built around people who made her look better. But she's got a Michelle Huseman. You say his name? Yeah. He's a Dario and Harris on Game of Thrones, and he's kind of her love interest. And then you've got Harrison Ford as his dad, who, uh, sort of spoiler alert, was also <laughs> her like one true love back in the 60s when she was also still 29. Ellen Burstyn, as mentioned before. There's, is there somebody else who I'm forgetting? You get a... Uh, uh, Kathy Bates? Yeah, Kathy Bates. No, Kathy Baker. Kathy Baker. Kathy Baker. Yeah. Not Kathy. Good Jesus, no. As, and, the, uh, uh, as the poor wife of Harrison Ford, who... Uh, God. Just can't hold a candle to Adeline. But you've got all these really great people around here. But, you know, even with Harrison Ford, who has been kind of easy to make fun of for not giving a shit in recent years, like, he and Blake Lively really have, they, they connect in this way that's, like, kind of strange, but also just kind of, like, if you're already going along with the tone of the movie, which we were, like, it's pretty affecting, I think. No, I mean, like, you know, the whole thing with this movie is it, it works and it sells it. And, like, they're relationship or reunion however you want to phrase it it really does work like for me it almost like the when they flash back and they have young Harrison Ford who I'm not convinced is not actually like a CGI a Harrison Ford yeah. um, like that romance really works for me and and you know when it's Harrison Ford that really works for me and that was you know another huge surprise when it came to this film yeah I'm just yeah. oh go ahead Richard I, I just I was gonna say that I think that if you had told me even a year ago that a movie that's pretty much centrally about towards the end anyway Harrison Ford and Blake Lively being ex lovers and <laughs> a sort of age like eternally ageless person's like drama I would have said that you were you know like that's yeah. the craziest thing I've ever heard but it it really works and I think it works largely because like you said, Katie, that Harrison Ford is kind of trying. Yeah. And between this and the Star Wars trailer, it's like he's kind of, I brought this up on the main episode earlier this week, like Richard, or, uh, Harrison Ford's kind of having a moment. Um, so, Kate, I think, at least in our screening, even though it was kind of the premiere, like where people try to be a little kind, like there was a little bit of snickering at like the astrophysics that are going on in this movie where they're talking about comets and kind of like the fake science explains how <laughs> Big Lively has been 29 for a century. Like, do you feel like you can kind of giggle at this movie while also still liking it? Yes, definitely. And it was funny, like, in my notes, when I was taking notes, like, I wrote down science. Because <laughs> it was like, that's all they're, like, they're saying all these science-y things, and it's like, I, I don't know. Sure. That sounds <laughs> well, good. Well, no, the, the science, to explain it, was only discovered in 2035, so we have no way of understanding it now. <laughs> but it was like, I thought that was sort of endearing that they even included that. Because it's like, we don't need that. Like, you know, she got frozen in some water and she got struck by lightning. Sure, I'll go with it. Yep, um, yep. But I think that also made me think about the uh, the voiceover, mm-hmm. which for some reason is another thing. Shouldn't work. It does. Like, I just, I really enjoyed the voiceover. Um, I found it soothing and it was like sort of a storybooky thing without being cheesy. I don't know. It just is a little cheesy. Yeah, and it's goofy. I mean, I think that the voiceover stuff it gets with like these, you know, sitting in a theater and knowing that, like, I mean, at the premiere anyway, that like Anna Wintour was sitting there listening to like <laughs> Rifle Clays or whatever the hell they were talking about was, was kind of amusing. But it's kind of like Cloud Atlas in the way that it's like they try literally everything and they put everything in the movie, yeah. and it's kind of does. It's kind of goofy, but it's sort of endearing. You know, it does. It it kind of is like you're. Uh, 
I'm, I'm glad they tried because it, at least they made something <laughs> unique, you know? Yeah, well, there's something in the, the way that it's so earnest about it. Like, it's trying and it's not trying to be ironic and not trying to be like, oh, well, we're a romance, but we're also, you know, this postmodern thing. Like, it's really straightforward about its intentions. But, like, there's just so few movies like that in almost any genre. Like, Kate, you did the famed Age of Ultron, Age of Adeline double feature, and we're not mm-hmm. here to talk about the Avengers, but, like, <laughs> that's kind of an example of, like, it's a superhero movie, but it's funny, and it's quippy, and it's making fun of itself, and Age of Adeline just has, like, none of that. Right. Which right. is part of what's making it so appealing. Yeah, its jokes are some of the weirdest jokes I've seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> which one's your favorite? I, I don't even... Well, that whole scene in the elevator when they first meet... The, the meet-cute? Yeah, I I mean, I, like I said to you, Katie, I, was that English? Like, I don't know <laughs> what words they were saying, but, like fine like it's it's at least interesting if nothing else yeah do you think that um michelle husman was actually because he for me is like a, kind of the wet blanket of the movie and mm. he's doing the thing that women so often have to do where she's like i'm cute and i love the protagonist and that's all you need to know about me did was did any did, did you guys find any other interest in him i mean i found him it's it's something that you know we see in a lot of romantic movies like if you acted like this in real life <laughs> uh you'd be kind of creepy like i found that he was extremely forward and like, you know, I'm going to thrust my hand in this elevator and stop it. And I'm going to, but she needs to open herself up to love Kate. But like, he doesn't know that He's just like, <laughs> Ooh, hot babe that I saw on the steps reading Braille, which is something <laughs> about. Like, that's like not even a joke in the movie. It's just the most bizarre detail. She's just trying to learn Braille. As you do. She's got all the time in the world. You know, she, she can learn it. Yeah. She's being, yeah, she speaks well, it's Portuguese as well, which we learned in one scene. <laughs> well, I imagine that she's just like kind of, you know, bored and is like, well, I might as well learn everything. And I think maybe she's learned all of the languages you could speak. So it's on to Braille. Yeah. But she's also kind of Sherlock Holmes because she can like yeah. deduce things about people. <laughs> right. Exactly. This movie literally throws everything in. Like every, like there's, there's nods to every kind of trope and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it kind of also now makes me now talking about it. What what would life be like if you were a never aging, like kind of dumb, ugly person? <laughs> like she's she's really lucky that she can like she can learn all these languages and she's beautiful. Like it could have been a lot worse. But she also has a blind friend who doesn't even know how beautiful she is. That's true. And doesn't know that she's ageless. It's like the only way that they can be friends. Like that was so sad because it's like when her friend calls her, she like calls her Amanda. So you know that she's from, you know, since she has to change her, her uh, identity every decade or so. So, you know, this is a friend she's had for a while who knows her as Amanda and she can't tell her any different, but it doesn't matter because the woman's blind. Yeah. But and you'd think she, I mean, she's in San Francisco. Like she's, you know, she's moving cities, but clearly this woman's still there. You'd think she'd get found out at some point. Like, that has to overlap, you know? Right. Like, people run into people on the street. You know, it happens. Yeah. So. I mean, I, yeah, I did have questions about, like, obviously, she's originally from San Francisco, and now she's back in San Francisco, but she's been other places. But, like, did she, would she, like, go away from San Francisco for, like, 20 years and then come back? That that was sort of unclear to me. Yeah. I guess this is a movie in which an asteroid is linked to, <laughs> to her not aging ever. We're really... It's a comet, her. Katie, not an no, asteroid. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And it's named Della, and this, yeah. why it's named Della will be revealed later in the movie, I guess, as a spoiler. Um, do you guys have a favorite outfit that she wears? This seems as important as the plot to me. Uh, the black dress at the New Year's Eve party towards the beginning. And I think with the, that combined with the, the sort of side swept hair. Um, mm-hmm. 
with a little clutch. It's just it it, it works. I have to yeah, I have to agree with Richard, but like during that scene, <laughs> my first thought was well, if I live to be 109, I could also be really good at doing my own hair. This <laughs> <laughs> is like a legitimate thought I had. Like, her hair looks excellent. I think she did it herself. But yeah, she said a long time to perfect that. Oh, God. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, as if Blake Lively doesn't have enough ways to f- make you feel like not a fulfilled enough human. <laughs> Got her perfect baby and her perfect hair. Yeah. Um, I, also got, I actually kind of liked some of her, like, really dowdy turtlenecky outfits that she wore to work at the library because like they still look so good on her and I think that's like what Richard was saying about how she just even if she's not that great an actor she looks amazing in clothes and that's kind of a superpower all the same yeah a lot of wool and knits it kind of it kind of brought to mind um uh the cost like Mona Lisa smile oh my god like like glam mid-century nerd you know <laughs> yeah an- yeah another classic uh type so, yeah. genre <laughs> do you guys think this movie's gonna make any money I hope so. I mean, I don't know who the heck the audience is. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. my next question. It's kind of for like weirdos like us who just kind of <laughs> think it's a curiosity. You know? <laughs> no. We're like, I like the old-fashioned pictures in which there's <laughs> true romance among handsome people. Yeah. I don't know, Kate, you follow the Nicholas Sparks of, do you think that his people will come see this? I mean, I think that, you know, with Age of Ultron coming out, like this is great counter-programming for people who are like, oh, I want to go to the movies, but I don't want to see that. So, I mean, it could work. Like, does your, is your mom, are your moms interested in this? Well, my mom sees everything. My mom oh, really? Sees, yeah. And so, like, you know, my parents are in Las Vegas, so it's like a sort of a second tier market. So they'll get a lot of stuff, like, a couple weeks into its limited release, but they get all that limited release stuff. And she'll see stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't go to that press screening. And she's like, oh, well, maybe you should see it. <laughs> so she's definitely going to see this. And I told her that she should, so... Yeah, I think my mom would 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 kind of would go for the Harrison Ford factor. Mm. Oh yeah, your mom's yeah, uh, yeah. still like, hard, hardcore Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford and 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 Sam Shepard. She likes like oh. Carissa. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, Sam Shepard was just in something like relatively awful. I feel like your mom is being misled by him. I can't yeah, remember what l- it was. Yeah, lately he's been kind of floundering. But well, he yeah. was two things at Sundance, right? He was in one with a mustache and one without. Or you're thinking oh, right. of Sam Elliott. God, what is with me tonight? I can't remember any names. <laughs> no, I've done the I've done the Sam Shepard, Sam Elliott. Don't listen to me. I write hard for Sam Elliott, so between me and Richard's mom, we've got everybody That's covered. Sam Shepard. Um, okay, I guess one final question for I think people who listen to this podcast especially might not automatically go see Age of Adeline. If they're the you know the same ones who get mad at us for not liking Marvel movies, like is there something in this for people who aren't just weirdos like that? Like like is there is it like an open your heart like let this movie touch you kind of thing? Or do you think it really won't work for you unless you're going to go in and be like, okay, I'm going to go along with this? I think that, like, the mechanics of her condition is interesting. Like, in a, in an in a, um, almost, like, a sci-fi sci- way, you know? Like, I, I think particularly the scenes with Harrison Ford where you sort of see how, she, you know, like, how her life really kind of does have to function. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that holds some appeal for people who, like, I don't know, maybe like time travel movies or, or other, you know, kind of sort of somewhat magical kind of things. Although I was really hoping for more like time travel, not time travel, but like period. Like I thought it was going to be more about like her throughout history and it was much more set in the present day than I was kind of hoping for. That was one thing I was like waiting for that didn't happen. 
Yeah, well, you know, maybe in the uh, the director's extended cut or something. Oh, I thought you were going to say the sequel, which I'm. Well, this oh, yeah, the sequel. Oh, God, God, fingers crossed. The Adeline Universe is only beginning. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Kate? Could you did you get your uh, your gentleman Mike to see this? Uh, no, sadly, he's uh, ill with the stomach flu, so he's not seeing anything. But I. But think would I, he see it? Yes, because I came home and I was like, you know what? This is. I really enjoyed it, and I didn't even totally go into it with an open heart. I went in with a, a semi-closed heart. Oh, and, and it's, it's open really, now. And, and it's open now. And I think that Richard really makes a great point about the mechanics of her condition and, you know, the science stuff. <laughs> science stuff. in big, big quotes. <laughs> but, like, they, they really they flesh out that stuff in an interesting way. Like, this is her, the way she has to live her life and she has to change her identity. And here's this child somewhere in Marin who's selling her fake IDs. <laughs> and <laughs> so I think that uh, that's something that could really intrigue people who are maybe not so into just straight romances yeah it's definitely like uh you're kind of watching it happen you're like are they gonna keep this up like they thought they're gonna do that oh wow they they really went in that direction so it's like kind of hilarious just watching you like really kind of don't even know what's going to happen next in this which is not something you can say of very many romances that's true well age of adeline vigorous thumbs up from these three (laughs) Um, I hope we're not the only people on earth who like this movie. Um, but you know, there was a lot of applause at the premiere, so you know, friends of the casting director are really, also really into it, which is a great evidence of how well a memory is going to do. isn't here, I have to answer my own question of what was this week's lightning round question, which was in honor of the Age of Adeline, what is your favorite straight-up romance? And uh, Kate and Richard, since you guys weren't on the main episode, I want to ask you your picks for your favorite romance. Uh, Kate, what's yours? I sort of have had the same answer for a long time, so it's just my standard answer, which is Say Anything, Mm. which I've loved forever, so. And that really is a straight-up romance, which I think it's easy to forget. Like, it gets looped in with the uh, John Hughes of the 80s, but it's much more straightforward than that. So, yeah, that, that's my pick. That one's always really stuck with me. And I think it's also a film that, you know, the first time you see it, you're like 13, which I think, you no, know, I think I was younger. I was like 10 or something. You know, you get something else out of it. And then you're a teenager and you're going through your first love and you're like, oh. And then as you get older, I think you start really connecting more with the relationship that she has with her dad. And, you know, yeah. when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, God, he's such a jerk. He's breaking the law. And now it's like, well. But he loves her more than anything. But he loves her so much. He yeah. bought her that really nice jukebox. <laughs> and now Lloyd Dobler is buying things and selling things like everybody else. <laughs> Just like he didn't want to do. I know. Uh, Richard, what's your pick? Well, I want to sound like, you know, Indian smart and say something like Weekend or Before uh, sun, <laughs> before Sunset, the those, second one, right? Those are great picks. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm honest, I will never not watch up close and personal if it's on TV. Oh, wow. I know that that's a, like a reviled movie by many, and but I love that Joan Didion co-wrote it. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I just, something about it. And I think it's genuinely uh, romantic until it's tragic at the end. 
Is that one that had a big Celine Dion song? Mm-hmm. Because okay. You Loved Me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I don't even think I've ever seen the movie, but I remember that Celine song so well. Um, so I'm going with, and I think another not that highbrow movie from uh, Mr. Bowers, who is a frequent uh, lightning round question responder. He said, uh, The American President, a.k.a. The West Wing Beta Edition. And I loved that movie. I loved it before The West Wing existed. I think it's, I haven't watched it since Aaron Sorkin kind of became a little tougher to put up with, but I have a lot of fond memories of uh, Michael Douglas trying to order flowers from the White House. <laughs> yeah, for, it's a great movie. All right, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your endorsement and maybe I will revisit it and hopefully it'll stand up for me in these uh, post-newsroom times. Although, Richard, you were a fan of the newsroom till the end, so maybe you're... Till the, till the very, very bitter end, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully for, hopefully for me it'll hold up too. Um, and that does it for this week's review episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. It is indeed time for Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, but Kate and Richard... Well, hopefully you'll be back soon, but not as part of uh, the main crew. From we're not replacing patches with you guys just yet. Mm. Um, yeah. And until until then, uh, please tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. I guess I've been starting with Kate this whole time. So, Kate, go first. Uh, you can find me on many places on the internet. Uh, the best place to reach me is on my Twitter, which is <laughs> Caterbland, which is K A T E R B L A N D, which is my name, but missing an E. <laughs> and you can read me at uh, Vanity Fair, Cosmo, Rolling Stone, Film School Rejects, and The Dissolve. Those are the usual suspects for me. And do I go now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, I, I'm on Twitter uh, too much at R-I-L-A-W-S, Rylaws or Rillaws, depending on who you talk to. Um, I write for VanityFair.com with Katie. And uh, I have a Tumblr, which is richardlawson.tumblr.com that is very infrequently updated. I don't read your Tumblr enough. You're making me realize. Um, I'm Katie Rich. You can also find me at Vanity Fair with uh, both Kate and Richard. This is a fun cross-promotional thing we have going on. Um, And then also on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week.